how very much I've loved you. How very much I've tried my best to give you the good life. Don't you want a world of unconditional love and brotherhood? We have the secrets to self-improvement. You can join us and be special. Join our elite mission to save the world. Since the death of God, there's been a vacancy open. You could fill that void. Here's how. We'll title this tape. Welcome to the Cult of Comics. Have you, uh, this isn't me trying to pressure you to do anything Apple related, but have you at all checked out Ted Lasso? Have you considered developing No, I've heard plenty about it. There's, there's it's a bunch so of stuff good. on you Apple that it. I would watch. There's just, I don't have Hulu or Apple. There's a bunch of stuff I would watch. I just don't have it. So I haven't watched it. I don't blame you. I, there's too many streaming services at this point, I, but yeah, like I for you s- specifically, I, I really think that you need to shut up. Um, you specifically, Josh, oh, Josh I really talking. feel okay. like you uh, like would really love this show it's very oh wholesome. yeah no i i've seen clips it's, from it yeah it's very positive it's all about like the human experience mm-hmm. and just being the better yeah, person so you know the thing that sean that would I not would like watch if i had that that uh for all mankind succession not succession separation or whatever the uh what's it called i can't I remember think I you're right I, succession the one with brian cox no that's on hbo brian no cox? the one with oh. adam scott where they create that like they oh. lobotomize the people so they have their work brain and their home brain I know the I, one you mean I'm not familiar um, with that in the slightest but I want Brian Cox and more things I'd love him he did a great Hannibal Lecter in that first role I, I think that that's an underappreciated I've, yeah he was the first one it's really good Severance it's, Josh Severance yes. that's it not is, Deliverance what, which when was he Hannibal he was Hannibal in the original depiction of the the Red Dragon film but that was it was called it was called Manhunter um, yeah thank you Manhunter and they and they spelled Hannibal Lecter's name wrong. They called him Lector, like L E K T O R. Nineteen, which is weird. Yeah, personally, I think that that depiction was really awesome. You read, you just finished Red Dragon, yes. so which you haven't seen the original film, but I guess I want to ask about the Ray Fiennes performance compared to like what you read. What did you think personally? I've not seen the Red Dragon movie. Oh, okay. Uh, no, um, no, no, no. I imagined the cast from the Hannibal TV series. Mm, I imagine dragons. <clears throat> I imagine dragons. Red Dragon your have face. Uh, Edward Norton. Yeah. Yes, he played Will Graham. Will Graham. Yeah. I think. But no, I could picture the cast from the TV series so perfectly. I think that guy did a great job with Will Graham, mm. and yes. Lawrence Fishburne as Jack Crawford was great, and Mads Mikkelsen. Both things. Controversial opinion: Mads Mikkelsen was better than. Um, What's his name? Oh, sh- I've just had a mental blank. Anthony Hopkins. There you go. His name is Sir. I've got Adam Scott. Sir. I've got Adam Scott's IMDb up in front of me, and I went to say Anthony Scott, and I was Adam like, Scott. no. Why are you looking up Adam Scott's Perception. IMDb? Because we were talking about Severance. It's is all he? about. He was in Severance. The yeah. It's all. It's all making full circle, baby. Um, Red Dragon no, is a great book. Yes, it is. Thanks Thank for recommending it, Josh. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Fucking piece of shit. Uh, um, have you had a chance to go see John Wick 4 yet? Not yet, no. Uh, <clears throat> I haven't even seen 2, 3, or 3 Don't yet, worry, so you can skip I, I 2 to... and 3 and just jump right into 4. That's what my brother did. Why the That's fuck would I do work. that? I don't know. I, I said, hey, bro, you want to go see John Wick 4? And he's like, okay, I haven't seen 2 or 3, but sure. I was like, you have a whole week. I, I asked him a week in advance. I'm like, you have a week to go watch two and three. 
didn't do it. And then he didn't. No. I did that with Scream 6. I've only ever seen the first film. Then I went and saw Scream 6. I've seen And the then first I was like, huh, I should see the other sequels. Confused. Eh, not really. It's all it was a direct repetitive. sequel from Scream 5. Yes, it was. But it's all incredibly repetitive, and it's spoon-fed to Bring you. people back from so, the dead, but you haven't seen those movies where they die, so it doesn't... You don't yeah. have to question it. It also gave me all of the answers to who every killer was for every one of the films, so I was like, huh, I guess that ruins everything for me. Oh, it's oh, well, a recap episode. Basically. It's, it's, it's fan fiction for itself. It's a clip also, show. Also, it got a lot of really like big praise, but to be honest with you, I mean, maybe it's just because I didn't see I the other think... sequels, but it just... Uh, hang on, let me finish <clears throat> my thought. I just feel I like... Think... Come on. <laughs> I feel like when you are being meta and making fun of yourself, that's fine, but I don't think that that deserves the, the amount of praise that it gets most of the time. That's the end of my thought. Go ahead. I think it was a well-made movie, but it's gotten to the point where you need such suspension of disbelief for like how many times there can be a copycat of this killer from 30 years ago. Yes. Like I think the acting was solid in this one. It was better than the previous yeah. one. I think the directing was good. I think the action was good. and the I think it was a very well-made film. But it's just such franchise fatigue now because just it's not like Michael Myers keeps coming back from the dead or like Freddy Krueger keeps coming back. Yeah. It's I mean, just it's just another copycat of this original killer every time. To, yes. And I would I guess add on to that at least with other films when you have something like you know the Nightmare on Elm Street series, that franchise is built around a fantasy element. So that is at least you know kind of wave your hands away with explanation and just be like yeah, he's, a, he's the back. It's, yeah, but they've put the screen movie in such a sense of reality where it's like no this is a person and he's going to die at the end of the movie and someone else next movie is going to avenge him and wear the same costume for 30 100, 100 years of scream 100 yeah, years yeah. of rick and morty and it's scream. always revenge revenge <laughs> yes. that's yeah is a dish beth served a thousand times i mean at least with the sequel like the original sequel the explanation of like oh it's his mom and then some psycho she found online that was funny and it is that was not the original ending what was it originally um i don't remember the characters names for which one but the number e two scream two yeah the yeah. ending leaked and it was like one of the first that ever like movie maybe leaks on the internet. a planned yeah. thing to do i have it here oh. i was just reading the plot the other day uh and yeah, I heard that it leaked, so they had to um, change the ending. Oh, weird. Hmm. I wonder what the original would Also, have been. fun facts about Scream 3. Originally, the killer was Stu from the first one, arranging murders from prison. Mm -hmm. But there was a school shooting that kind of derailed that because it was too similar, and they were like, oh, we're going to have to go with this shitty movie plot thing in Hollywood. I mean from what I understand, Scream 3 kind of fell off the rails anyways because of school shootings and there was that yeah. whole criticism in media of hyper-violence so people were trying to be like, That didn't stop them oh. from making more Matrix films. That's... Mm, but they should have. Yeah, but um, <laughs> oh god, what's his name? Matthew Lillard got paid for that movie for being the oh. main villain mm -hmm. and still gets royalties despite never filming a scene or even reading yeah. a script. Because so he was signed on to be in it. Williamson claimed the leaked script was a dummy draft that was crafted specifically to avoid leaked details, claiming there were three dummy endings written. 
They were worried the killer's identity would be leaked, so we wrote several endings. Three in all, if memory serves, and when actors and potential crew members asked to read the script, we would send the script with the dummy ending. There was even a fake ending where Dewey was the killer. They exist. Dewey they existed talks. as a decoy and nothing more. Extreme measures, but we really wanted to keep the killer's identity a secret. Okay, there's another thing I got to get out of the way here. I halfway through this the scream two, I remember thinking, because I had just got done forcing myself to sit through half of scary movie which is is not aged well in the slightest but like really really poorly the first one managed to age well for a few years but groundbreaking the the sequels all kind of aged badly as soon as they hit the cinemas the third and fourth ones at least are not nearly as mean the set the first one is just straight up they made dewey like mentally handicapped Mm-hmm. No, they and didn't. In, no, 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 they did. to be mentally Yes, <laughs> but you don't know that until the end. Yes, so it's I, a plot twist, Tyler. I know. It's from one of my favorite films, The Usual Suspects. Mm-hmm. Um, the the fact that they did that so hard in Scream Two when he's running around with his limp and his gimp, I was like, oh no, this is what they're making fun of. And then he's like, oh, I got stabbed in the back, it broke a nerve, and it's like, oh, 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 okay, that actually makes more sense. I thought he was just a really shitty actor. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen uh, Urban Legends? No, no, actually, I haven't, but I've been curious. That, that's another one that's like that kind the Snoop of forgot. Dog one? Uh, it had a whole bunch of. Uh, Urban Legends pe- was written by Eric Kripke, and it was yeah, the precursor that had of uh, Jared Leto and a whole bunch of other people that would make it big. Let's see. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I saw the cover for it every time I went to the like blockbuster and Hollywood movie. Tara uh, Reid, Rebecca Gayhart, Michael Rosenbaum. Oh, man, I miss the days when I could I just no get $2 and go rent a VHS what? tape and just go get a shitty horror movie. You don't know who Michael Rosenbaum is? That's a He's joke. That's a reference to something. He's also another DC character. Oh, oh, you said I have no idea who this is. Okay, yes. sorry. <laughs> I thought you were being serious. I, I didn't catch the reference. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, that's enough of all that. Right, let's right, uh, right. let's jump into it. Um, I think that there would have been a good transitionary period there for something, something, something it's movie, transitory. something, something. Uh, one bad day, Clayface. But instead, let's start with uh, an intro and say, "Well, well to the no, no, no. we to start talk about Lex Luthor." That's which good. leads perfectly into Superman. Yeah. Uh, so, one? welcome to the Cult of Comics podcast. Uh, Whichever one. On the show before but the wrong one. Uh, this is a comic book media podcast where we talk about comic book <laughs> things. This week, we're going to talk about the comic books we read this month. Uh, this week, excuse me. And I'm Tyler Brown. That's Sean Walsh. That's Josh Craven, aka Jebediah. Uh, and we have a special guest with us today. Uh, show her off to the camera. Where is she? Come on. She already deflated back in the drawer. <laughs> you put her back in the yes. drawer. I gave that to you as a gift. How tall is she? Like three feet? Not even that. Like. One foot, maybe two feet. I don't think you have a measure, any a concept perfect. of what feet is. So I'm just gonna say perfect. That's fine. Twelve uh, inches. Maybe a meter. Um, you don't know what twelve I would inches say is, and I think your girlfriend can. A little under that. two foot. Eh, I don't believe you, but okay. So uh, I guess Madeline is uh, being a little shy today. She's a little deflated. She might be a little depressed. One might say. Uh, so she's not going to be uh, on camera for you right let her now, down. but that's okay. You let you've let me down. You've let her down, and I've let myself down. For context, uh, it was a gift from Tyler. It is, uh, for, like I've literally the first that. thing I gave you. Um, to be fair, you do have a bit of like room with that, so just give it a little test run. Let me know how it goes for you. So, anyways, we're going to talk about Superman Lost. Uh, this is a, a new book by Christopher Priest and Carlo Pagulan. 
Pagulian. Excuse me, I'm sorry about that last name. Uh, and we're going to talk about that starting out. Uh, and this is a black label book. Mm -hmm. I forget. Is this no? Just a. It's kind of one of those things. It it's it's canon until it's not. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Uh, it so, might not be canon. It might be. I don't know, it's a standalone thing. It's it doesn't a thing. Really reference much. Yeah, this is a ten issue mini maxi series. Uh, not necessarily a, a mini, not necessarily here. a maxi. I know, right? Um, Limited this, series. <clears throat> yes, and it, this is by a fan favorite, Christopher Priest, who's uh, well known for his Deathstroke run, uh, as well as uh, man, what was the other run that he was known for? Help me out here. Who Priest? He's doing. He's doing um, Black Adam right now. Right. Thank you. It's not a like as well known thing, but. Mm. I think I that you guys different... kept reading Black Adam. Did that get any no, no. better? No, no, I didn't continue reading it. I read issue the... one. I oh. decided I was going to um, wait until it was finished. Jeez, I didn't stupid even... Martian. I read uh, the third issue, and I think at that point I was like, eh, this isn't... Christopher Priest stuff reads point. very well in trades. Like with his, death, with his Deathstroke run, you were getting, like, callbacks and answers to mysteries from issue one like yes in issues in the 40s but i think that something to be said about priest's writing is he's he's well known for he does a really good job of making the world feel three-dimensional rather than just I another guess. whatever backdrop he's doing like an all right job at juggling the uh justice league talking to each other a little bit, but it does feel it's a not, little overly um, yeah. intellectualized. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's, the ship's stellar drive can create a wormhole to achieve super liminal, luminal velocities. But if it destabilizes... Yeah, His it, it, dialogue it feels, is a little pretentious. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. And I could feel that a lot here. But, and I mean, Lois Lane just quoting, like... Kierkegaard? Stuff. Yeah. yeah. It feels very self-important to, to a lot of the... Ex High brow, the highest of brows. They're like up here, man. So this is a comic book with the premise: Superman disappeared for quote twenty years and came back in the matter of what we experienced to only be a few hours. And we see that within this first issue, um, some world events are going on. International politics: a Chinese submarine turns out they were in, in international waters where they shouldn't have been but it wasn't just that they found like an alien ship with a hyperdrive system trying to pull the hyperdrive system out blah 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 Justice League interacts they come in tell America you get out of here and John Johns is like I've solved it and then there's an invisible uh, the jet the ejection and then I, Flash is doing a spinny yeah. Why is Wonder Woman need to say. eject from her plane like that? She can just open the hatch and jump out. Good point. Um, Tyler, what I'm basically hearing you saying is it's a Christopher Priest book. Exactly. Oh that my is God. overly here's, complicated here's for no for reason. The, the, uh, Superman's got to go in and collapse the singularity, so they put Wonder Woman's lasso around him. And the uh, team anchors themselves. So everybody's holding on to Wonder Woman's lasso as he goes into this device. And it says, Indomitable Will versus Irresistible Force. Yeah. It's like everything everywhere all at once. I feel like this could be read almost as a parody in a way. If you took all of the characters' faces 
and made them goofy looking, like mm-hmm. cartoonishly so, this would just look like a Reddit parody. That's what this would be, Maybe. especially with like the text. Someone trying to be like really, well, once again, highbrow. Like we're gonna make it sound smart. Yeah, and I feel like an asshole for even thinking that, but at the same time, it just felt. It was a very quick read when I skipped over all of the text that I didn't care about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, if Christopher this... Priest can tell some good stories, and he yeah. is—he writes did interesting this, uh, stories. But did the device? Go on, Josh. Go on. Yeah. No, no, please, trying to talk over each other. The the device that they go into. Did that kind of remind you of the device, the big thing from uh, Aquaman Andromeda? Yes, I thought exactly yes. the same thing. I did not, but it's a good point, and I agree. <clears throat> Plus, it's um, I think Christopher Priest tells some very good stories, but the characters are always, or often, not important. Like, they don't read like the characters we're used to, and you could basically... They're just placeholders. Yeah. Like, you it's can like pretty you much wrote the story, else, and then and just decided find... who they were later. Yeah, exactly. It... It... This is a... Mm, should I say it? I'll say it. It's, I feel on par with the Rebirth level Justice League, where it was just... You know what I'm talking about? I wouldn't say it was that bad, but I can see your complaint. You know, like, it feels like you're trying to pitch me this intense event and circumstance, and obviously this is just the the prologue, so to speak, to the actual story of him being lost. Yeah, we get a lot of mystery set up in this one, and this very much did feel like the first chapter, which it is. Yeah, yeah. But really setting up the mystery without giving too much away. Yeah, this is a really good example of when we have talked about a first issue is important, but a second issue is much more important because that's the thing that keeps you reading. Anybody can pick up a number one, yeah. and then just go, okay, cool, I read that number one. But the, se- the the second issue is the one that will pull you in, make sure that you continue to read it all the way through, maybe even demand more later on. And that's what we're going to have to see out of the next one, should it be something that we actually decide to read. I'm probably going to, just because I'm curious. Yeah. But at this point, I am still really on the fence, based on this first issue. I like Priest enough to continue it and it's a character What is I'm it that you like about in. Priest? Because you've praised him it's before. Just like, I don't know if I praised him. His Deathstroke run was good and that's kind of my own experience. I think he gives... When I read his stuff it's always a bit different to the mainstream. It's not just a generic superhero story. There's always underlying themes. Like his Deathstroke run was very focused on Slade being a shit father. That was the mm-hmm. whole undertone of that story. I guess and I'm curious... Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, that was kind of it. I was rambling. Uh, I was just going to say, I wanted to hear your thoughts on this being done, because this is basically what happened with John Kent, but with Superman. Well, He's not being one thing, by somebody this doesn't on seem like it's main continuity. It this didn't do a disservice to his character. Outside of the continuity, I suppose. Like, it's just, Superman went somewhere for a couple of hours it lasted 20 years for him and now he's back yes <clears throat> he's got to regain his senses like I... if, if this was a young superman book like say new 52 launched and we get superman's origin and superman disappeared for 20 years and came back as a fully grown adult 
Yeah. Would you like that, Tyler? Would you no, think that would feel like a Jesus thing, and I wouldn't like that. Sorry? He gets uh, stuck but, in the singularity, and it's timey-wimey stuff going on. Wibbly-wobbly stuffs, yeah. I don't know why he's so um, disoriented, though. That's that's kind of the question. Because he's been gone for 20 Trauma? years, he's like, oh, I'm finally home. Yeah, but he's, he's so quiet. Like, he's just he's kind looking... of standing there like, I haven't talked with a person in 20 years. i got to remember how to talk. And he's this just is kind how of I know that you've never had childhood the... trauma, Josh. Oh, yeah, totally. No, I kind of took it as he's just looking at the city. I took it as the mile-long stare you have when you have trauma and you're finally in a safe environment. Okay, Tyler, but most people aren't broken like you, so... Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> also, Tyler's going to kill himself again, one day and it's going to be my fault. <laughs> once again, the full-court press to... Death uh, Cannonball. Death by Cannonball, I suppose. The full court what? Full court press to, uh, you know, really show that uh, Clark and Lois really have the hots for each other is present in this book as well. Yes. But it's not this was as horny in the, like That's the just in the character bible now. We yeah, need everybody to know Super horny. Clark and Lois fuck. They, then they, do they fuck or they fuck hard? Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's let, let everyone know. Superman and sometimes hard. they can't because they'll get interrupted by their kid. This is like everything that Spider-Man can't have. Exactly. <laughs> minus, well, Spider-Man plus, plus can have minus this. the cancer. Peter, Peter and MJ could have this, but no. Yes. No, never. Yeah. There's literal articles being written about all of that going on right now and sean i think is the main number one source for all of that uh material probably from paid. reddit I, eh, I don't i Get do that this money. for free josh i <laughs> am something of a hero it's a passion <laughs> why do you have a green lantern stuffy i've shown you this before that's his backup oh back up to madeline yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah the stuffing's like falling out do you call it tyler no <laughs> I call it tabs. <laughs> so, if we are, what do you guys think? Is this something that you want to read to get like the second of like after? This I'm was curious a pretty, enough like, to read more. I what do you I don't think about think the intro? The because it feels it's not the best intro I've read, but at least like the dialogue is clunky. Like we've said, like it's it's overly verbose. Uh, but at least the mystery of what's going on and what happened to Superman inside of this singularity is interesting. We get that, la that one last page of Superman just floating near a very corrupted square Earth. Yeah. Do that you was feel Bizarro like world, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, maybe. something like that. Do you think that this was like Alan Moore level writing of the script where it's a hundred pages of excess amounts of detail, or do you think it's just Christopher Priest just writing his dialogue, just being like, I am so smart? I, I don't know. I don't know um, Christopher Priest that much. Mm. That well. I think he's just got such a vision for his story that he doesn't let characters get in the way of that and how it's going to be told. I think that's a fair criticism. Um, I'm curious... Well, I know what Josh's thoughts are. What about you, Sean? Are you going to read issue two? Yeah, I'm going to read issue two. Okay, cool. Do we have any other thoughts on it? Um... It's fun. It it, I guess it does the job of a first issue. Yeah. Setting up the adventure. I think it's that there's a good. More how this might be sort of more of an issue to issue one for me, where 
I just kind of have to see how it goes. Mm. Yeah. I think that there's a there's something to be said about the difference between something that is fun and gets your jimmies rustled mm. versus something that it fills the void, I guess, in a way. Like, it's a comic that exists, it makes you curious, but it's not something that makes you go, I need to know what happens. And yeah. I don't know... Does that is that a success I, at that point? Because that's a real question. The daunting part is this is a ten issue series, and I just yeah. don't get that feel from the first issue. No, I don't either. I mean, this could I will say be this. like a four issue thing. It seems like yeah. So right now exactly it feels kind of like Silver Surfer Black. To this two ten issues. I yeah. will say yeah. that Christopher Priest is normally very consistent with his pacing. Okay. Okay. Um. I mean. I... I have not read as much Christopher Priest, so I guess I'll I've just barely see read any. I've read Deathstroke, and that's it. Well, you you act and talk as if you're the priest expert, so Ooh, I'm gonna make you the Apparently, I've expert. read more than you guys, but still not a lot. I'm gonna treat you about priests the way you treat me about Bendis. There, solved, oh. done. Oh, sure. I don't care. You're a fucking yeah, slut. The dialogue for priest, isn't quite Bendis me. levels here. They do kind of cut each other off mid sentence, but they're not. Kind of. No, if this was Bendis, they they would have conversation like the whole that whole. Yeah. The, which the hole? only difference that hole? is yes. that instead of doing dot dot I'm dot, back. they do dash dash. Yeah. There's a lot of um, dash dashes in here. I'm I'm I really really re I would literally pay an author one day to literally write in Misa back for literally any character. I just want that to happen now because we've made that joke so many times. Um, I feel like it would be just fun. Um. Well. Ratings? Be the change you want to be, and just take one of the pages from this issue and just have Superman saying, Misa It's back. okay, Josh, I'm already on it. Good. Please do. Someone has the balls to do it. Somebody has to. Somebody has to be the hero that we need. Not the one we deserve, but the one that we need. Uh, I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. It's fine. It's there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it just a little bit higher, like maybe a 7.25, 7 7.5 seems right. Okay. It, it didn't blow me away, but it was not. You got to use that decimal system. Yeah, it helps. It does help. I mean, we've been harsher on the show before. Um, well, maybe not you, Josh. But uh, Josh, Josh would be like, "It's the best thing I've ever read." Eight point five. <laughs> right? This is absolute garbage. This is this is an insult to the written word and the English language. Seven point seven five. <laughs> this is S tier for me. I can't believe how incredible this book was. The art is fantastic. Uh, Six point five. So Superman two by Josh Williamson and Jamal Campbell. Um, and that's all we need to say. We, that's all we need to say. I think it was better than the first issue. Was it? Uh It it had less of the Supercore organization, which I liked. Supercore. They were inside the, the corp for about as many pages were. as they were before. Yeah, but there's just less like, hey, I'm, I've, I now own this business. And... I, it's weird in this issue. It seems like they both cover a lot of ground and don't cover a lot of ground. Yeah, like, I liked the... I liked Parasite in this issue and like how he's kind of upgrading and... It's not even him, it's clones of him. The real yeah. Parasite is somewhere else. Well, these are just extensions of himself, I suppose. Mm. Um, we get yeah. some nice cuts of like the super family pitching in to help, cutting off the city, rescuing people. Uh, 
But at the end of the issue, it feels like we're right back where we were at the start of the issue. Even worse. Things are He's even worse off at the end of the issue than he was. Yeah. Before. I just think this issue was a bit more fun as well. Yeah. We're, we are introduced to who will be our kind of big bad of the series. This uh, legion of mad scientists, or however they want to call themselves. Um, yeah, what word did they use? Oh, I can't remember. Um, I'm not too familiar second. with all these people, but... Uh, they seem pretty new, or yeah, very obscure. Graft and Dr. Farm, which... You could come up with better names than that, but that's... You really can. I mean, Graft kind of is fine, I guess, Homicide, Homicidal geniuses was what they called themselves. Yeah. Uh, do you recognize anybody else at the table? I think maybe no. somebody else is no. named there. I mean, I'm not, like, the guy to talk to about Superman's... Yeah, that's you, Josh. ...gallery, but I don't recognize most of these people. I mean, I'm yeah. fairly good about... Also, is it just me, or is Superman's chin, like, continuously changing size? Yeah, the, the drawing of the faces is not very consistent. Um, it's, it feels like the same complaint I had before. We talked about this with Superman 1 yeah. as well. Like, it's it's almost... Um, I can't even... Gillum Marsh levels of... I wouldn't go... I would, I would actually say it, this is on par with, like, Kevin Maguire now. Yeah, I, I think you if know? you, like, add a little blush to their noses, you would not be able to, to really tell the difference. A little shine to their face. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference between these and Gillum Marsh. I, yeah. You know, they definitely have been drinking water at least so yeah. there's that um, it's just not really selling me I was going into this with the idea the expectation that Williamson was going to make this more heartfelt I guess but right now it kind of just feels like it's simply I don't know maybe is. with different art it would feel better yeah, I that's guess. a good point maybe, uh, maybe. There, I, I have some nitpicks with the art uh, whatever is going on uh, with Mercy. You know, the the uh, parasites come in, and then, like, it's a very tiny panel on the page, but she's taking off her glove and putting on, like, a mechanical arm she's, with a mechanical arm under her glove. It's not Since Lazarus Planet, she's kind of been something of a... I can't think of the word. AI. Techno... Something. Cyborg? A bit, yeah. Technotronic, the bit. The I 1989 like classic pump of the jam. Panels a bit larger to really show what's going on, because I was I was lost in what's going on there. She's just like I have mechanical arms and things coming, big poles coming out of my arms now. Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! I have an Iron Man <laughs> outfit of sorts. It just doesn't make me feel very much and it's kind of a disappointment for me because a lot of what I've loved about Williamson is his ability to really show an essence of love for the character but this kind of feels like he's phoning it in he's not very good on DC books alright well, let's talk about uh, another new character in here Moon Knight I mean Moonlight <laughs> uh, who, what was her name again? Moonlight so she is kind of like a combination of like Moon Knight and uh, the original Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Ghost yeah. Rider. 
She's on a horse, a ghost horse, and she's got a cape on her that goes into the form of like a crescent moon. Uh, you saying that? I'm so sorry, but do you remember that episode of South Park when Randy doesn't have access to the internet? So he all he wants to do is just find porn, and he finally gets it. <laughs> They're like, what happened? He's like, it was a big spooky ghost. It was a ghost. <laughs> it was a big this, this is ectoplasm. ectoplasm. <laughs> yeah, I remember that well. They went out California way. <laughs> it's just Superman being drenched in ectoplasm, being like, she's a big spooky ghost. Yeah, they recharged everywhere. him. So she's Lois there, like, and she is gunning down people that have turned into parasites. Like, parasites in the air... It's in the blood, changing people into parasites. And now Superman's here, and she's like, well, I guess I'll... F- I can leave now. Fuck right Whatever. Off. I don't... Fuck you, Superman. I'm out. <laughs> He's just like, why are you all aggro on me? But what's the You're helping me. We're on the same side. Why are you angry at me? Yeah, it's... I'm um, not digging it. <clears throat> yeah, but this page... This two-page yeah. spread of, like, all the little parasites as, like, a zombie swarm... That was a cool page. I that is that. a cool page. Yeah. I don't like the colorist on this. Yeah. Does Jamal Campbell ink their own art? Um. Uh, color it even. You I know, know, I, I, I wanted to. Yeah, say they do all their the, own art. On the moonlight, I wonder if it's if we're gonna get like, she. It shows a shot of her in the old west. I wonder if we're gonna get like a shot of uh, Jonah Hex. I wouldn't be opposed to Jonah Hex. I like. I think he can be a fun character. Let's see if this is a he new can be. or not. Meet DC's new anti-hero, Marilyn Moonlight. And it says, "Did no. you mean Moon Knight?" <laughs> Good Did Lord. DC just copy Moon Knight? There's an article for that. Well, no, but actually, yes. Oh, there was a um, cover with her on uh, One thing I... As much as I love the DC Universe, one thing I, I'm never going to not be critical of is the fact that there are so many interesting B and C list characters that they just don't want to utilize, and I don't really understand why. Jonah Hex being one of them. And then they just Jonah Hex shows up sometimes. He shows up, but that's it. He had his own book back in New 52. Mm. And that was it. Moonlight is yeah, the spirit of Metropolis, who only operates as, at night. It's not nearly as bad as what happened with Demon Knights and yeah. uh, Etrigan the Demon. That was a cool oh, yeah. series for a minute. Yeah. And how does she connect uh, to Metropolis's secret past? I stay tuned I'm for just, Metropolis Year One. Yeah, I'm just not into it, guys. I'm not. I, I have fun is this with a this. limited series or ongoing? This is the ongoing Superman ongoing. book. Yeah. The ongoing Superman book. What's not the for long. number? Seven hundred and fifty-two. I don't know. I just made that up. It'll be in the hundreds. Maybe. Uh, it doesn't um, have a legacy number on here. No, not yet, because they're doing that with uh, Wonder Woman first, right? And or Flash. At the same time. Yeah. Well, on the front cover, she looks a bit like she's wearing Xenomorph cosplay. Cool. That's what I saw. Yeah. 
That does not reflect her look inside the comic I would, very well. I, I didn't know who that was when I saw the cover, and I was like, what? Is this Mercy? Is this what she turns into with her Iron Man costume? With her one arm? Yeah. Why is there a signature for someone called Price It? No, Price 14 on the cover. Who is Price? Mm. Vincent Because the cover was drawn by... If it's a variant cover, that's probably why. It's not. It's the normal cover. Weird. It's a xenomorph one and a little cape. No. <clears throat> I don't know. Who I'm knows? not into it. Uh, ratings? I liked it. Um, 7 point... Five, maybe a seven point seven five. That seems high to me. I was gonna say I didn't to care me. for it, and I was gonna say like seven two five as well. Like, I'm just gonna say seven. seven it's just not into. I'm, seven. It's just not. I I yeah seven. I think I probably enjoyed Superman the Lost more than this. I agree. We definitely had more it, to say about Superman the Lost than this. Well, it feels like there's more substance there, which is strange in a way to say because it feels like the, at the same time there's more things happening here but I'm so underwhelmed by it that it doesn't make me ha it doesn't give me much to, to say it feels yep. hollow right now and that's sad to me because I really want to get back into my love of Superman mm -hmm. and it's just not really feeling that right now so I, I have definitely yeah. definitely been kind of falling out of love with this uh, since the yeah. end of War World. You're not alone. I, I feel the same way. Um, I'm kind of hoping Action Comics picks up, but uh, we'll see. Um, Why can't you guys just be happy? Coming from you, that's hilarious. This is the best state Superman has been in in years. You're fucking psychotic if you think that. When was it better, Tyler? I swear to God, if you say Bendis, I'll fly out Bendis. there and beat you to death Jurgens. now. Okay. You get out of here. Josh Ooh. makes a, Josh makes a good point. <clears throat> I'm googling flights to Portland just to beat do the it. shit out of Tyler. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Now we're going to talk about some of the one bad day stuffs. Uh, so first, shall we talk about Bane by Williamson and Howard Porter? Yeah. Uh, cool. The art was a bit different for this one. Porter. It's Howard Porter. His yeah. stuff has been strange the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to call it, like, it's not the giant muscliness of the uh, 90s, uh, but no. it is kind of, it has that sort of flow where you could just see their arms kind of bending, sort of. Mm -hmm. um, I think maybe we see the people how they see themselves, because we see kind of the figure of Bane change over the story. Like, mm -hmm. the Bane that we see in the ring at the start is not the Bane we see outside of the ring going home, or the, the Bane that's on the mission. Okay, Tyler, you're in luck, because I'm not paying this, or doing three layovers just to come and beat the shit out of you. You're three not worth layovers? it. You can't just go straight yes, from, like, to Chicago Dublin. and then to Portland? I don't know. Let's have a look at a different... Why Chicago? O'Hare is the uh, just the waypoint. Would you want him to go to like Midway or something? Oh, it would or make I more can, sense for it to be like pay, Or I can pay another thousand, and it gets it down to a direct flight in nine and a half hours, but it's almost twenty two hundred. How do you do? Wunderbar. How do you do that in nine hours? Oh, you go over the North Pole probably. 
show up on the North Pole is not a real place, Josh. Santa Claus it doesn't isn't exist. Real. It can't hurt you. That's like saying that Antarctica is a real place. It's not. Okay. okay? Penguins cool. aren't real. Okay? The snow is all made up by the government. It's all asbestos. If penguins are real, then why can't Benedict Cumberbatch pronounce it properly? Obviously. Checkmate. And that's the government. fucking point. And what does that mean for nuns? Checkmate, Attenborough. <laughs> Daddy Attenborough? No. I don't think so. Not today. No horny thirst traps for me, thank Mr. you. He is Mr. Attenborough to you. He's Sir Attenborough to me. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. 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 What were we? Bane. I don't know. Right, Bane. Um, cover's really cool. Interior, uh, is there. Um, I find it interesting that we kind of jump into the, uh, Luchador theme pretty, like, right away. Not really a complaint. If anything, I actually kind of like it. But I am curious why I feel like I haven't read something like that before. Uh, specifically because... You know, with like his origin story, it it makes a lot of sense. It feels like this should have been done a long time ago. Am I the only yeah. one who thinks that? Or uh, um, yeah, it does. It, it definitely might have feels been like done before, but we just may not have read it. Because it's it, too it, obvious it's a connection good to because it's definitely something that should have been done. Um, Bane uh, seems to basically be haunted by his victory over Batman because it's holding him back and it's all that he can be is the guy that beat Batman, broke mm-hmm. Batman's back, and he can't seem to move on from that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, yes, but I can't... I, I feel like the theme with One Bad Day is the different ways in which people react to trauma. Um, also, I... I Really quick side aside here, on a page, it's like nine, I think, uh, with him with the cauliflower ear. Really like that little detail. I, I really yeah. like that little detail. Things like that are 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 the moments when I really appreciate those those little tiny things that they can add to yeah. art. Uh, um, I think what I'm trying to are say we is sure it's a cauliflower ear and not just Howard Porter's bad drawing? No, it's definitely. It's a good question. Um, just gotta be sure. But uh, what I was trying to say is, you know, Bane has sort of been typecast. Like he is reliving his def- him defeating Batman over and over again. That's all people will see him as. Mm-hmm. And we know he's, you know, so much more. He's, um, but it, a lot of this is how you view yourself. I think that's what this story is trying to say because. Uh, the the big bad is basically trying to say that he created Bane with the uh, with the uh, what is what is that Venom Venom is that the name of the stuff? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, he's like I gave you Venom. Josh I really knows nothing about comics, does he? Yeah, he really just has no concept. Of <laughs> I want to anything. get the name like, right. What, who's this guy? Who's what's the name of the cop with Josh? Josh like, so today we're talking oh, about Jimmy right Banny. I'm trying to make a succinct point here, and uh, let's just make fun of me. Yeah, let's do that. I will. That big piece of shit. <laughs> Josh, during, during the whole show, stop making fun of me. You guys are mean. Yeah. Anyway, Bane is basically trying to clap back that I'm so much more than this. I I was strong. I was smart before any of this happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I am a self-made man. 
Which is a really good point, because in a way it's kind of meta. You know, he is a much more complicated and interesting character. The only time that I've ever seen Bane depicted in a way outside of the... Uh, his origin story and that original Breaking of the Bat plotline that was a pretty impressive was uh, in the Superman-Batman crossover episode where Superman dresses up as Batman and then goes and fights Bane. Mm. Do you remember that at all? It's a really great episode. Superman reveals that he's really good at doing like voice impersonations so he does his impression of Batman to convince like Jim Gordon that well, yeah, he's he needed, He needs something to keep himself entertained while he was living on a farm in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Batman's away for some whatever reason. Uh, Bane and, like, Scarecrow and uh, Riddler are all planning this thing to capture and kill the bat. Mm. And yeah, very convenient since it's that Superman, Superman was there that time. Yes. It's a very... I love that episode. It's such a good episode. But Bane is really... Like, shows off his intellectualism. He shows off the fact that he is much more than just this, like, buff dude. He's a buff nerd. He's a buff mm -hmm. genius. You know, I, he's one of the more complex characters in Batman's Rogue. He's Gallery. also one of the most misunderstood. Yes. People, the general public, do not realize he is an intelligent character. They don't realize he's super intelligent. He's probably yeah. he is up there in my mind with Riddler, maybe even more so. Uh, it's a diff very like, different kind of intelligence. Yes. That's, Given the right yes, absolutely. writing, they could definitely be formidable. I mean, we we saw the. Riddler one bad day where Riddler is almost terrifying I would say he is terrifying I would say that that was one of the best single issues I've read in yeah. a long while as we said at the time it kind of did for Riddler what the killing <laughs> you, joke did for peak. Joker which is make him yes. scary again after an, a period of extreme camp mm -hmm. yeah yeah no kidding right I so I've, I'm critical of Williamson's Superman run but I think that he did a better job here and maybe that's because it's not an ongoing. Maybe it's the same thing that Tom there Taylor has. There were less rules, less restrictions, well, no. I suppose. He was able to create uh, a whole new... Well, basically take one character and create a whole new history for them. Continue them. Like, oh, this guy died, but now he gets to live and be killed again. But they also had as, some other... Uh, as I said, gas, Josh Williamson... His name Josh Williamson loves these characters, and he loves putting them on a pedestal. And he got to do that with Bane this issue, which is where he excelled. So and let because Joshua he didn't have Williamson to draw it out touch over all the Batman arc. stuff, and don't let Joshua Williamson touch Superman stuff. No, but if he, he did a touch... one-shot story with Superman, he would do a great job with it. I agree. But I think he struggles to put enough stakes and negative emotion into full story arcs because he doesn't mm. want to tear this character down he puts too much positivity and too little risk into the stories yes and I think that that's the key part there is that you said too little risk and I think that that's a perfectly good criticism of his work and that I is don't a... mean to like I like Josh Williamson it's not a complaint about him it's just it's not what you necessarily want in these stories mm -mm. you want more risk you want more consequences to everything that goes on with the story because otherwise it just feels like you're reading safe nonsense really and if there's no consequence to act to the actions then what's the point to the actions that's the whole thing if he were to put this amount of detail into the parasite stuff 
Or maybe he's going to build something with this new League of Evil Geniuses. Who knows? But with this one issue, he's able to show off and detail the complexity of this character and the characters around him in a way that perfectly encapsulates what he's capable of. So it does make me feel like my criticism of his other stuff is valid because I know what he's capable of. Um, that being said, I'm wondering about why I personally am still having a hard time. I'm comparing this to Riddler and to the Two-Face one now because I'm trying to figure out where am I putting this well, let's finish talking order. about the other two, and then we will kind of rank the three of them. Sure. The entire batch, maybe. Um, so, as uh, time goes on, you know, there's a character that uh, shows that he's found a new source of venom. Bane's intrigued. Da 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 da. Shows the addiction. Shows his issues with his identity tied to being tied to the venom, being himself, being the guy who breaks the bat, but. I guess I'm curious what your thoughts are on not like that halfway point, you know, when we're kind of getting into the murk of things. You mean the mission that Bane and Batman go on? Yes. Or the mission that Bane is on by himself? No, the one that they go on uh, with that he goes on with Batman. I think they... out of all Batman's villains, Bane is one of the ones I could see him coming to a compromise with and a truce with. He's, because he can Bane, be reasonable. He can be reasonable. Yeah, he's not a psychopathic killer who dressed like a clown and kills because he likes the way it makes him feel. Bane mm. is a strategist and will know, will be able to accept when he needs to make a what's the word I'm looking for? Compromise. Compromise. Thank you. And I think a lot of the other villains might not recognize when they need to make a compromise. Yeah, I think like, since the team Bane is one is who so can be limited, with. we only see it in a very limited scope, as opposed to uh, this Bat Batman and Joker deadly duo series, where Joker and Batman have to team up. Yeah, um, yeah. This is one of the few one bad day things where I would have liked it if it was a little longer. I could see this as a really nice like two or th a nice two or three part mini series. Yeah. I don't know if I'd quite go to like the six issue length, but I think we could have got a few issues of juice Get, out of this. You know, bring in uh Dustin Wynn to do the art on this and do it the same as uh, Robin and Batman. I think that would have uh, been He would have done a good job, but I don't know if I would have liked I don't know, I'm not a fan of Howard Porter's recent artwork, but I think it's yeah. more fitting for this story than... Yeah, I don't know. Porter is an artist that he needs a little bit more time. I, I, I wonder if he feels rushed in certain He seems to be rushed in everything he does. But he didn't used to be that way. Like, his early, like, those 90s Justice League stuff, fucking awesome. Fantastic stuff. Maybe he's got the same issue as, like, Frank Miller. You know, when you give him time, it's, it's less of an issue. But now, because of his age, you know, he's been doing this for 30 years. Well, you got to remember, maybe... Howard Porter also had to 
recover from a severed finger and relearn how to draw. I actually completely forgot about that. So, yeah, that's a very good point. That being yeah, said... he cut himself on a piece of glass and severed the nerve in his right thumb. And he had to sucks. teach himself how to draw with his left hand. Yeah, you know what? At that point, honestly, I just want to give him praise for being able to do what he can for... Because, damn, I don't know. That's like... No, no, Tyler. <laughs> the... um, you're clearly very ableist and don't oh, want him to... Oh, okay. <laughs> this is like uh, Def Leppard when the, the drummer lost an arm and he was just like, nope, I'm going to learn how to drum one-armed and just be badass. And you're just like, damn, okay. Go off, son. Nobody hears a Def Leppard fan? Fuck you both. Anyways. I'm sorry. Okay, Tyler, uh, do you hate Howard Porter for being disabled? Oh, fuck you. I... I, I will say this. There, I agree with your statement about of the villains that you could see him doing this. He does make it does make sense specifically because of his ego to take these steps. But at the same time, I guess I wonder. I personally don't see him as the kind of person who is entirely reliant on the venom. But I do wonder about. Well, no, but how... I liked how. He wasn't trying to get away with anything with Batman. He was like, we do this, we join up to destroy the Venom, and then then we will fight at the end of it. Yeah. But, like, we will join forces for this because it needs to be done. And I think Remi Batman would, like, it's logical that that's the best option. Sure. This is kind of a weird aside, but I had a moment when I was reading this. Was there a point where the Lazarus Pit and Venom, like, juice was merged together. It feels like that's been done somewhere, but I can't remember where. Um, maybe? That seems familiar, though, right? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> oh, I wonder if there's Google. Lazarus. Um, I don't know. I, I wish this would have ended the same way Rocky 3 did, with just Bane and Batman fighting and them doing the freeze fame of them punching each other. That actually would have been really cool. In the luchador wrestling ring. Yes. Maybe. He's crafting his own story because he's like, you know, Batman died on the top of that when he exploded and he saved me and you know, Batman's still alive. I, I don't know what he's trying to... Is he still alive? I wasn't sure if he was dead and it was a vision like he kept seeing all through the book. That is one interpretation. Because there was a line he said um, where it sounded like he was dead. Let me see if I can find it then. Someone else talk about something. Don't leave me with this awkward silence. Awkward silence. I'm going to look through it as well. I feel like this... <clears throat> this was a fun single issue, but I can't necessarily say that I feel like said, it fits. He said, before when you were in Pinoduro, I came to you in a vision and challenged you. Today I mm. do that again. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, don't I wanted feel to... like this... Sorry. You go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't feel like this fits into the whole One Bad Day theme as much. And I think that's why I wanted to compare it a little bit to the Two-Face one. Because it feels like... It almost feels like... It's a version of a character's goodbye for him, but it doesn't feel like 
the Riddler one, for example, had a lot of consequence and a lot of this character having something of a breaking point. This breaking point feels more like the breaking point of his ego and less so of him, if yeah. that makes sense. I mean, at the end, he's basically saying he gets... He has gotten past the, uh, you know, what you said, trauma of having beaten Batman and being, that's all he's known for. He can move on from that. Yeah. I just feel like, I'm thinking a lot about what Josh, or Sean had said about, okay. you know, putting these characters so, up on pedestals. I kind of agree. Yeah. So, the reason I think Batman is still alive is because Bane asks him, did you ever tell your family the truth about that day with grudge? Mm-hmm. So, it you know he wouldn't be able to tell his family about that if he had died. Okay. Ah. You know what? Actually, I take it back. I'm gonna compare this one to the Mister Freeze issue. I would compare it with Mister Freeze one because it's a bit more optimistic. Yes, yeah. and that's a weird. Which is, look, it's I fine. Every writer's one... going to have their own idea of what they want to put into the One Bad Day thing, but it doesn't necessarily feel like it should be One Bad Day for this. I agree. Um, so, But I guess he's haunted by what he did. His One Bad Day was when he broke the bat's back. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. Could be. Eh. I had fun with it. I enjoyed it, but I don't think that it was... Like top tier necessarily. No, I still think it it it's good. It told a decent story with Bane characterized properly. Yes, and but I, will I give guess it credit my for question. That. Yes, maybe letting go of his one bad day if that was his one bad day. Yeah, maybe. I and I think this did more justice to his character than the Mister Freeze one did because we were all very confused agreed. about some of the characterizations in the Mister Freeze one. Yeah. Like I mean, his the, wife hating him, and well, I mean, I I don't really have that much of an issue with it. I feel like that should have just been expanded upon more, and I feel like they should have dove headfirst into him actually having that point, that tipping point, where he just goes off the rails, where he becomes the uh, most. Kind of kind of Walter White at the end of Breaking Bad. Yes. Spoilers. I did it for me. I didn't do it yes. for us. I did it for me. Like, one of the things that makes the Riddler one so fucking good is that point where he just succumbs to all of the bad. There's no good part of him anymore that is holding him back from making the decisions. Well, there's he never he does... really been a... Well... There's never really been a counterpart to the Riddler. Everyone has their own like, here's my other sort of person thing. Here's that love interest that I have, or here's my sidekick that I work with, or something like that. Hmm. Fair point. I think it's still a fun issue. It succeeded in telling a Bane story, like Sean had said. I think that that was a good criticism, a good call out. I think but I definitely feel like about this. I yeah, think the only thing I just I, want to say here is just that it feels like there could be more, and that's about it. That's uh, why I said I think this would have made a very good three-issue mini series. Maybe, maybe, yeah. 
Uh, I just wanted yeah, to add in, I think that Bane uh, is, they're drawing inspiration from perhaps Brock Lesnar uh, as how they're drawing Bane. Kind of looks like him. Maybe. Honestly, Howard Porter's art just looked like a squiggly mess to me. Okay. There. Well, so now who's being ableist? A very, um, very good squiggly mess. For me, this is like a seven point seven five. I guess I would say. I think I would agree. I go a little higher. Okay. For eight. I mean, you know, the art suffers a bit, but I still enjoy the story. Okay. Fair enough. Um, next on the one bad day list is Clayface by Colin Kelly, Jackson Lansing, and Zermanico. Um, I loved this. This was incredible to me. It, it's, it's good. It's very wordy. There's a lot yes. of dialogue. It's very overwritten in places. I don't feel I like, like it's overwritten. I like a lot of the ideas, but it was dialogue heavy. It was dialogue heavy, but it didn't feel like the dialogue was trying to be something it's not. It yeah. felt like... It's it just felt a lot like the cover. lines that were... Yeah, but it does feel like the dialogue that is there is is what should be there. And it does so in such a successful way that it makes me enjoy it yeah. more. I I um, I enjoy the art in places, uh, but a lot of it feels just slightly out of focus. I think that's intentional, though. Yeah. I love this... Uh, picture it's almost you know i'm thinking of like the thing but when he copies the guy and just envelops him yes in himself mm -hmm. i thought that was great i think that this is one of the better ones that we've read i feel like this is one that exemplifies the idea of one bad day this is to me what i feel like a clayface story should be and clayface is one of my personal favorite Batman villains, so I when really done well. He's that's the problem is that he's not done well. He's not done very much at all. Most no. of the time, it's he's I just loved not really him there. in Tynion's Detective Comics run where he was uh, turned into a hero. I'm I'm a little confused why we kind of have moved just past that and it's not really been because Tynion moved off again. the book. He set up yeah. a oh, yeah. potential story thread later on for him where like we see him still alive, but then they just never really did anything with it. Yeah, and that's the curse of so, comic books is that when yeah. a writer hops off of something, so it's just not likely that another writer's going to come on and be like, oh, I'm going to utilize this. It's like, nope. I, I don't I'm know how do my you own guys thing. read comics, but sometimes, you know, there's certain... With my eyes, Josh. Yeah. Typically, yeah. I like to read the words. Yeah, and then look but at the I pictures. mean, like, sometimes the picture captures my eye before I read the words. So I, I will kind of look at the pages. So when he goes to be in the movie I see the guy there he, you know they get him in the costume I, I read that part but I see him there standing with the bow tie and whatnot and the red helmet I'm like what the heck is he doing as Joker and then I look around it's oh they're doing a the killing joke film yeah so I picked and up on that within the first couple of pages with Genie but yeah I don't yeah. know character well, names so I wasn't even thinking about Genie it was it was when they talk about him being a comedian and that's when i was like oh okay it's the killing joke it makes sense this is I a very meta i don't think it really clicked for me until we got to the movie set mm -hmm. oh okay maybe it's just me then yeah. uh, but at first i which thought that they were hilarious. doing a movie about clayface yeah which is hilarious when they're talking like clayface knows exactly 
who the Joker yes. is. Like he's like this guy is a fucking madman. He deserves to pay for all of his crimes. They're like, yeah, but we're going for more quirky. Yeah, relatable. Here's I think the they should have made a joke about putting a Batman Batgirl sex scene at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> because in the Killing Joke animated movie, Bruce Tim, yes. who fucking is gay for those two characters being together. He's gay for two straight yes. characters that are a man and a woman. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, I feel like this is a really meta book as well. The parts where you see the script of like Clayface colon runs yeah. away. I, and then I they do that, that in the so dialogue much. where they highlight specific words. Yeah. It and where feels... it like breaks into the script. Or is that what Tyler just said? Yeah, no, I yeah. mean, like, when the director is telling him, make it relatable, and they hi- uh, they put highlighter over relatable. Oh, right, yeah. This is art to me. Like, when I say I want to see more meta. art in comic books, it's not just that it's meta. It's that it's it's aware of what it's trying to do. It's telling you what it's trying to do, but it's not telling you in a spoon-feeding kind of, like, here's the airplane kind of way. It feels like they're able to encapsulate the struggle. You're you're able to feel that Clayface feels the things that he does about not only Joker, but obviously about himself. And maybe that's because he's an actor and he's talking about the craft, but realistically he's also talking about where he's taking that pain from and then applying it to this. And I think that there's something beautiful in the fact that Kelly and Lansing were able to humanize in such an, a direct yet indirect manner about this character that we all have, we have all known is an actor. This is what this character is. But he's in a lot of ways done as just like, oh, he's the clay guy who can turn into other people. But that's the thing is like, at the end, I'm kind of going to jump ahead here, so I apologize. When Batman says, then you're no one, and he kind of reacts to that that's that point where I just go, man, that's, this This is just so well so well written. This is one of the better ones. I think that this is in like the top three of the One Bad Day ones. Okay. Do you disagree? No. I was just thinking what the other ones are. I know what one of your top three. We'll get to the rankings later. I was just trying to remember what other ones sort of I'm actually surprised you don't have more to say about this. I feel like you would have had more... I read it when it first came out, and my memory has dwindled on it. So You're young, when why? Clayface absorbs these people, is he absorbing their essence, their memories? I don't think he is. I think he's just killing them. Yeah. Because okay, they always be seem like they've them. been become husks of them, themselves. Like, he's taken all, yep. the, all the juices. Fluids. Yeah. yeah. It, it feels more that because of his... Mat- Material, he's just dehydrated them. Yeah, I, I, I feel like there's just references to the thing here, where the the people kind of split into monstrous creatures. I think I some of the artistic liberties did definitely suit lean towards that. that. Yeah, and I agree, but I feel like the purpose of that is maybe to like one of the things about the thing it that's a, such a dumb sentence sorry uh, is that the fear is that it could be anyone it could be anything any animal whatever and that's what's terrifying about this human being with all of these feelings and emotions making these horrible decisions is that he can be any of them while at the same time being no one that's why i love this ending so much i'm open i'm very open to feedback and he's just sitting in the cell and he's just created 
copies of all the people he killed, and he's just staring at yeah, himself, essentially. Yeah, that was a dark ending. It was fucking awesome. I loved yeah. this. This is... This is top-notch for me. I loved this. Which is surprising, because I didn't think I was going to love a Kelly and Lansing book I think this the, much. I think the ideas in this were very good. It was just... I do think it was overwritten in places. Just a bit too dialogue-heavy. I kind of wonder if you would feel that way upon a second read, but... I think that your opinions are your own, and I respect that. Um, Why are you being nice to me? Because I value no. your criticism and tell feedback. tell me I'm wrong, Tyler. You're when a dumb you piece of shit. Spine? This is uh, when the bane broke it. The bane. The bane. <laughs> Josh, what about you? I feel like something that you're you've always been good at is you pay attention to some of the little minutiations, little details and I feel like there's a lot in this there's a lot of subtleties here was well, there really... the thing? yeah I, I feel like some people like the director might be drawn to look like somebody uh, I was looking at the posters when he's talking uh, with the financier I don't know mm -hmm. this guy uh, I feel like I should know who this guy is. I'm looking at the names on this stuff. I don't know. Okay. Ratings? Uh, I like this more than the previous one. Whoever this hairy guy is. Yeah. This, this is maybe like, like an 8.5 for me. Yeah, same. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, hard same. Um, no, Tyler, you're way more positive on us than us on this. So oh, here we say go. Eight point seven five. They did actually okay, put their names in here. Uh, Colin and Kelly. Uh, oh no, they. The whole poster for the gray ghost. They put their names on that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, Colin Kelly, the gray ghost, Alexander Benedict. Uh, who else did they have on here? Simon Trent. I'm not sure if that's. Uh, are these actual people on the on the book? I have no idea. I I don't know the rest of the team that did that. All I know was the writers and the artists uh, on this one. I didn't see. I didn't really pay that much attention to the open uh, credits page. Sorry, guys. Can you let us down, Tyler? I know. I'm sorry. Um, moving on. Uh, to actually, Josh, did you rate it? Yeah, I said eight point five. Seems about right. Cool. Um, so it's going to be the next One Bad Day issue. Uh, Rachel Ghoul, Tom Taylor, Ivan Reese. Oh, um, yeah. I went out of my... I, I bought this one. Like, I read it, yeah, this... and I'm like, I gotta get this. Well, it's Ivan Reese. Yeah. It's, it's hard to pass that up. I mean, everything that he does is gold. Yeah. This, well, most of what he does is this, gold. This, once again, this is peak Rachel Ghoul. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they have dialed into exactly his motivation. <laughs> He's not this giant... Yeah, this is the... He's not just an eco-terrorist. He is the League of Assassins, and they operate in the shadows. So they wouldn't have this one final bout of just bombing the world and letting them know it was them. They operate from the shadows, continue to operate from the shadows. Everything they do, they want to make sure that there is no trace left behind for the police, investigators, or a Batman to say, oh, this was the work of the League of Assassins. Yeah, this is the most direct Shadows. and clear his motive has been. Because it's all been mm -hmm. like Rachel Gould, the eco terrorist. He's, he's going to try and kill Batman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, this really he's gave. He's going to bomb a, the world to save it. 
But yeah, whereas this him, one really gave him a mission and they gave a him real pathos here. Like I knew the world when it was fairly clean. Seven hundred years later, and it's become an abomination that needs to be fixed. And with these strategic strikes, I can make a big change for the better. I personally think the bombing everyone was a better solution because I just don't <laughs> think humans deserve to live. We need a new plague. Yeah. We had one. You saw how that went. Not yeah, well we like stayed inside and got scared. Ooh, big spooky ghost. Yeah. Which Wolverine is this? Seriously. Does that not look like Wolverine coming... Like, Project X? A little bit. Um, I mean, I think it's mostly just because it's a semi-white dude with... La long, longish black hair and, and some... Yeah, chops. It's always the chops, baby. I feel like this has to have been traced from some version of Wolverine jumping out of the pit. Mm, I don't think Ivan, Ivan Reese is known for doing that. He's pretty good at just being like, yes, I am a master artist and uh, you will He, love he at least pulled inspiration from Maybe. Wolverine. Has to. I won't take no um, for an answer. Okay. I will say the artwork in this is gorgeous. Yeah. This is some vibe. Yes, we just said best. that. Okay. I heard you say about him not tracing. <laughs> um, I I'm kind of curious what you think about the fact that Tom <laughs> did this because I know it's about what sound, sorry. It's certainly well, just, not. It's going to sound a little. It's no, it's not, but I I feel like Repeat I'm the surprised. question, I sneezed and didn't hear. Bless you. I, I'm curious what you th I'm I was surprised at I had to remind myself that Tom Taylor wrote this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't the most wholesome thing he's ever written, although him Rach loving dogs was very sweet. I do the love that. Feeling um gracious for them, you know, the species having <laughs> saved his life. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, this this is Tom Taylor at his best. As much as I love the fan service stuff he writes, where he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna make Alfred the Spectre because it's cool." Yeah, this uh, is him writing a very compelling, character-driven story, without it being overly cheesy or wholesome. I think he avoided a lot of his own pitfalls here. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think Ivan Reese does a good job, you know, acknowledging, like, where Rachel Ghoul would have come from as some, I don't know, uh, Mongolian descent, I guess. He's actually European in the original version, but I guess they tried to make him seem a bit more Asian. Yeah. It is people a weird. keep people keep saying like, "Oh, Damian Wayne's half Chinese," and it's like, "No, no." Well, it's because of Talia's Raish, side. Raish like is European, side, think, right? and Talia is also European. Hmm. So Damian is half American and half European. Half American. I feel like we've never really seen what Raish's or Talia's mother like who she was, so I guess I can't really speak too much of it, but I mean, if they say he's Asian, I guess, yeah. 
but this is the first time we've said he's Asian if he was from Mongolia. Um, yeah. I, that's just kind of the the feel that I get, or maybe I'm way off on that. Oh, Talia's mother was half Chinese, which means Talia yeah. is a quarter, and Damien is one eighth, mm -hmm. and yet people want him to be drawn fully Asian for some reason. Um, so I guess they want diversity <coughs> and yeah, still. Well, okay, so uh, his original, uh, his post-crisis origin story was in Birth of the Demon from Denny O'Neill and uh, Bray Fogle. And I guess that was amended in Batman Annual 26 in 2007. Uh, By so he, Ron Morrison? Uh, Peter Milligan, actually. Oh. Yeah, weird. Um, so that Birth of the Demon story uh, what reveals that he was born 600 years before his first appearance uh, in the actual Batman comics to a tribe of Chinese nomads uh, settling in a desert in eastern North Africa interestingly enough, uh, near a city governed by a sultan. Um, he... I guess that's where he discovered the Lazarus Pit? So I guess he is Chinese? I'll be back in just a second. It is a little weird to have a Chinese character with the, the Fu Manchu almost stash. It almost feels like that could be a little... I preferred it when he was Irish. Was he Irish? In Batman Begins, because it was Liam Neeson. Oh, that, yeah, that was... <laughs> I grabbed a kosh, and I beat up the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and his whole plot in that was like, I'm just going to evaporate the water and terrify everyone. <laughs> such a strange... Uh, it, I love the movie, choice. but yeah, the motivations were questionable. I'm... I'm thinking on it now, and the fact that they cast Liam Neeson to play a Chinese character, and they cast a white Englishman to play a Mexican character for Bane, I'm kind of wondering, like, hmm, why did they do that? It's a little strange. It's almost as bad as when they cast Emma Stone to play an Asian woman. Yeah, that was that was not good. Questionable at best. At, Horrible at, at most. Best. At yeah. best. Yes. So Batman um, dies. Rachel Gould takes out his master plan. His yeah, like, there's some... Uh, Raz, is, Raz is basically like, if you stop me, you'll be dooming the world. This is 28 deaths, and the world will be saved. There's a few more deaths And that, Bruce. he's got to kill like 3,000 people uh, while he kills the other... He he only mentioned the 28 to Bruce. Yeah. Conveniently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and he said, um, yeah. But Bruce is... Um, mission obviously gets in his way and he has to stop Raz and Raz just kills him a ridiculous space race that was already run and won 60 years ago creates an opening to tamper with the billion dollar hobby rocket of a smug oligarch I wonder who this could be talking about a guy mm. flying in a penis shaped rocket hmm it's either Doctor Evil or Jeff Bezos. Evil is Jeffrey. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. Bezos. <laughs> Come on, Jeff. Get him! 3,000 had to die in the convention hall to avoid suspicion about the deaths of all the 11. 
It yeah, it's feels... too convenient if just I, I think... billionaires are being murdered. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting this motif they have of showing I don't want to say beady eyes, but the uh the eyes are all black, yeah. white irises to show just an immense anger or pain. Reese does that a lot. I've seen it a few times. Yeah. I would but say we see, yeah. We see Batman have it earlier uh before he, he is killed by Raish. You know, they both have it there and they're face off against each other, battle of the wits, I suppose. Bruce is here to save his son, but uh, yeah. Interesting. Now, I think this is a very good issue and one of the best. Oh, it's fantastic! Ones. Yeah, it's great. It's one of the best Rachel Ghoul stories. Yeah, I've seen. I I don't know if, while you guys were reading this if you expected Batman to stay dead, or if it was just okay. We're gonna kill you now. You're gonna stay dead, and as soon as my mission I... is over, I'll bring you back to life. Why? Why wouldn't you I even thought just because it's an Elseworld. I thought because it was an Elseworld, he might just stay dead, and then Damien would pick up the mantle and fight, but... I'm honestly reminded of the Morrison-Batman run uh, with that. I guess that's what I was kind of anticipating. I mean, it's the Lazarus Pit, so of course there's going to be a little something-something. So I didn't necessarily think he was going to stay dead that as long as he was, but yeah, I didn't think he was going to stay dead-dead. No. Um... And, of course, the child shows up. What's up, little buddy? You want to, you want to talk about... Tyler, you're not allowed to talk to children. You know what oh. the judge said. That was, like, forever ago. It was February. Yeah, like, forever ago. Josh, go get the kosh. <laughs> Oshkosh bagosh by Josh. I'm going to start calling you Josh the Kosh. You know, there was a, a children's uh, clothing store called Oshkosh. Tyler knows it very well. I don't know about this. Your Is this like Primark? You there and bought you Oshkosh? No, she didn't really take me anywhere. His parents don't she love just, him. Nope. Put me in the corner. Um, I used in his basement for 10 years until you guys he had saw a basement? The, the first light. First time he saw light. He was born in the darkness, molded <laughs> by it. Um, Do I think that this is one of the best ones there? Maybe? It's definitely in the top three for me, it's I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's uh, rate this. Unless you've got anything else you want to add. I just really wish that Ivan Reese did more stuff. That's really well, what I was just thinking. he's been doing detective comics with Ram V, Tyler. He uh, has been doing that, yeah. hasn't he? Yes. So go read I, that. I have kind of an odd sense of humor. You know, Batman... We know Josh is dark as fuck. It's Batman, intensely dark. It's the darkest yes. I've ever heard. Batman defeats Raish in combat, and then he uh, he says, I did this for you, Damien, and then won't let Batman win, so he throws himself off the cliff to his death. Just yeah, like, Raish no, is you don't win. Extra. This doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> um yes rate it I am 700 years old and I am no longer terrified I Josh you're the one on the time limit here why are you still talking <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, I'm trying to wrap up for you <laughs> 8.5 so you're Maybe giving 8, this 7, the same 5? score as Clayface 
It it's up there with Clayface. That I like him for different reasons. Okay. I'm gonna say eight point seven five. I feel like I'm going eight point seven five as well. Yeah, I feel like this is top tier stuff. I think that it's it's more. Yeah. I no one. I don't straightforward think, in a way. None of these have come close to the Riddler. But no, like I think we Clayface gave that like and Batman all around 9. is 5. up there, and yeah. then everything else just kind of peters off. Like Bane is just a little below those, I suppose, maybe a bit more low, uh, but everything else kind of peters off. Okay, and now let's kind of rank them. Are we all agreed? Sorry, Josh, you just ranked them, and I completely ignored what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to Google the list, yeah. and I just kind of said, "I don't know who is Batman's rogue gallery." Let's just go with that. But I can't remember which yeah, no character right? Did you say Riddler, Razagul, Clayface as top three? Yes. Okay, yes. so we're all unanimously agreed on that. Then yes. what was your? What were the rest of yours? Bane is kind of next, but a little bit more behind. Yeah. And then it's um, like Mr. Freeze and Catwoman and like... Then like Penguin and there. then Two-Face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Penguin. I forgot about that one. Everyone did. Nothing. It's yeah. not that memorable. I think it was it's a fun not, issue because it was him it, taking it over fun. the city with $20. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the guy that trades like the paperclip up to the yeah. Lamborghini sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I'd probably put Penguin below Bane. Uh, I think maybe Catwoman and Mr. Freeze are still below that. I Actually, think, I don't think I, think I read Catwoman. Neither did I. Josh told us not to. Really? It was that it's, bad? It was alright. Um, I thought we talked about it a little bit. No. Uh, no, I said, oh, I didn't get around to reading that. I'll read it for next time. And you were like, eh, don't bother. <laughs> they introduced a new character in that as well. Uh, some old lady similar to the help. Wait, She's like a mm. Catwoman version of the help. It mm, seems weird. Okay, so we've got our top three and we've got our bottom one, which is definitely Two-Face. Yeah. That was just not a good issue at all. No. And then everything no, else and is just a wash. And Clayface and Bane are kind of like, and Penguin are kind of the upper tier. Middle. And upper Mr. Freeze and Catwoman are kind of the lower ones. I think Mr. Freeze had a lot of potential, but it just took too many weird creative choices in there. Yeah. It felt like it was going in a direction that could have made it fantastic, and then it kind of played it safe in very cushiony parts. It didn't even play it safe. It did the New 52 thing of change for the sake of change. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the first half and the end worked perfectly together, but then they kind of went left field the second half. And then somehow still used an ending. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like uh, there was a missed opportunity to have Robin be like the savior in that one as well. He because kind of he was. was so, he was sympathetic. In a way. Yeah. It just felt like he had more investment into what was going on. And I think that that could have been played out differently, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, um, World's I Finest? Think, I think overall these were all for the most part they were all enjoyable and I don't really regret reading any of them except yeah. Two-Face yeah Two-Face was just not but that Riddler one they really started you off on a high so everything following it just felt like a disappointment hmm. because that Riddler one just knocked out of the park that was phenomenal 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Did everybody read me. World's Finest uh, 13? Josh didn't, but I did. Okay. Um, so this is uh, the Mark Wade, uh, Dan Mora series. And this is an interesting issue because this is following up on the Batmite makes a Spitlick. Uh, oh, oh, what are you, a fan? Yeah. Mr. Mix? Mm-hmm. Mr. Mixes? Mixius Pitalik. Man, R.I.P. Is... Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> Did he do the voice of that? I forget. Yeah. Can you not God. just imagine him? Hey, Superman! <laughs> I can a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um... World's Finest is, has been an interesting series. Uh, it's starting to take an interesting turn for me, and I'm still enjoying it for the most part, but it definitely feels like... I think like this getting... is the strongest start to an arc yet. Really? I had so much fun with this issue. It's fun. I, I don't know if it's... It's what I was expecting the series to be going in. The first arc was like set up for some big event, and then the second arc was like tying into Kingdom Come. This just feels like it's going to be a fun murder mystery story. <laughs> nice. So... Simon Stagg is murdered in Metropolis and we have both Batman, Robin and Superman investigating it and the obvious culp- the obvious suspect is Metamorpho because obviously Stagg was responsible for turning him into Metamorpho um, so we get like them trying to chase after him and investigate him but um yeah, and in the backdrop of all this, Jimmy Olsen is investigating it as well, trying to work out who killed Simon Stagg. And then you get to the end of the issue, and Clark's reading Jimmy's article, and he's like, Jimmy, this like y- you're wrong, you can't publish this. He's like, well, all the, ev- all the evidence left led there, and even the Metropolis PD are following it because it was so accurate and all the clues were there. And then the final page of the issue is a full-page spread of a newspaper front cover, and it says Bruce Wayne arrested for stag murder. Hmm. And I just had so much fun with this issue. It's not often that you would read something like this, I think, because most of the time characters like Jimmy Olsen are just background ho-hum, like, oh, isn't that kind of funny comment, whatever. So having him actually play a role in this is really interesting. Now, obviously, we know that this is going to play out in a certain way to the extent of, obviously, Bruce Wayne didn't kill him, but there's... It's Mark Wade, so you don't necessarily know how he's going to get there. You know that there's going to be a lot more consequence than most of the other authors out there. So it is going to be really interesting to see what's going to happen next. I, I'm i baffled at this because I went into World's Finest not really knowing what to expect. I expected it to be more of like a fun, like low-risk kind of whatever book, but it just has become really enjoyable. Not just because it's encapsulating a lot of the fun of the Silver Age, but because it just feels like essence of 
the DC universe while still being unafraid of telling a damn good story. Yeah. And it continues to be one of the best DC books out there at the minute. I can't disagree. I really cannot. It's made me want to go back and read just so much Mark Wade stuff. In fact... Flash. That's actually something I wanted to let you know. Uh, I found a copy of his uh, Flash stuff uh, for a discount. Congratulations. I'm so pumped about it. It's so exciting. Uh, Josh, remind me again why you're not reading this. Uh... I, I don't really read that many team-up books. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like this is something that you might appreciate probably more than us, just based on your history and preference for mm-hmm. comics, but I'm also hesitant to get you started on this because you're just bad luck. Whenever we get you to read something, we're just like, ah, this sucks now. You guys got me to read Undiscovered Country, and then it sucked after and then Hulk. the point that I caught up. And then we got you to get on Action Comics, and now where are we? Are, oh where are we? Like it took a while for Action Comics. Yeah. Actually, I take it back. Don't we read just, this. We just know that the this. first issue okay. that comes out after Josh starts reading it will be the one where Dan Mora leaves to do Shazam. And <laughs> Dan Jurgens comes in. I would be fine with Dan Jurgens doing art. He's actually not a bad artist. Mm. He's a safe um, artist. He's double, double troubled. You know, he'll do art and writing. Yeah. I wouldn't even mind uh, that. I think he's a decent writer with these characters. What would you what would you rate this? 8.75. I had a blast reading this and I can just tell the arc is going to be fun as fuck. I I like it. I would say it's an 8.5 for me. Uh I'm not in love with it to the point where I'm like this is top tier art, but it's definitely a damn good comic book. Yeah. Well, it, um, it wouldn't get to that 9 cuz it didn't have the emotional impact mm-hmm. for me. But just I cannot fault this issue at all. I, yeah, I agree. I, I definitely feel like it's uh, da- uh, excuse me, Mark Wade at some of his best. I cannot yeah. say anything less. You can you can tell he's having a blast writing this book. Absolutely. Um, which brings me to my next question, which is, I wanted to ask you guys if we should start reading some uh, older trades and stuff together. And maybe yeah. talking about it on the show a we, little bit. We've talked about it before. We should definitely do it. I'm definitely curious about going back and rereading some, or just reading maybe some Mark Waite stuff that I haven't read before, uh, and chatting with you guys about it because I would love to talk to you about. I think we talk uh, too much as it is. Mm, we're actually doing really good on time right now. We're only. Josh has to leave the door in nine minutes. I'll be fine. Yes. We got mm. an hour and a half down. Way to go, guys. I just don't want your wife coming in and yelling us anymore. Oh, she's, Last she's time that happened. Right now, so I think we're okay. I, she's I angry enough. I, I can see that she'll barge through the door. I still haven't yeah. emotionally recovered from the vicious screaming attack goats. after the screaming goats thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she verbally she assaulted you in ways. She came over, ripped the earbud out, and was like, why the fuck didn't you like Thor? She didn't use racial slurs, but it felt like racial slurs. <laughs> yes. She gave you a Her eyes down. were saying them. Yes. With the eyes. Um, so uh, outside of uh, Josh's wife scaring the shit out of us, is there anything else we should uh, talk about? What is your pick of the week? Oof. Um, I'm definitely going to go Clayface. Okay, well, well, that was your pick pick of the week three weeks ago. Um, Rachel but you can pick it. I'll let Rachel Gould it- and then t- just ever so a hair's width behind... World's finest. 
Mm. If we want to talk about like this week, this week, then yeah. It, you can say Clayface, I don't give a fuck. Then you I don't get paid enough to care. Then... Do you get paid at all? No. That's what I thought. Um, okay, next week's books. Yes. Well, actually, is there anything that we read this week that we want to do a quick shout out on? No. Uh, Vanish came out, uh, chapter five. Uh, just as a heads up, still I, going strong. I was reading Harry Potter and kind of forgot about comics until earlier today, and I was like, oh shit, I still need to read all of this. Yes, you do. Uh, and I, I fit something. it all in. I read what something. did you read, Josh? I read something. Hold on, I'll go check. God damn it. Um, I started reading Rage by Stephen King, and it is. What's the opposite of good? Um, horrible? Bad? That one, Mediocre? yeah. Mm. <laughs> Bad in a way that, like, it makes you, like, this is, doesn't feel... He tried like, He tried out different writing styles under Richard Bachman, and... Yeah. We, it's not as good gonna, as his normal writing style. We're gonna talk about it later, but the uh, finale for Berserker came out, and uh, yes. I was underwhelmed by this double-sized issue. And that's why I did not read anything past issue two. I will catch up, because I had fun with what I read. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Okay, next week's books. We have Action Comics 1053. We have The Return of Dark Knights of Steel. I feel like it's been forever since an issue it came out of that. The final heaven. three issues, and this will probably spawn off into its own you know, trilogy of some sort. I'm just waiting for this to turn out like Dark Ages, where it's just like, and we're there. Uh, I hope not, but quite possibly. Yeah. Um, we have Detective Comics 1070, which I'm still reading in arcs, so I'm behind on this, but we might get there at some point. Who knows? Uh, we have issue 30 of Something is Killing the Children. We have the final issue of Gotham City Year One. We have the first issue of The Unstoppable Doom Patrol which is being written by Dennis Culver with art by Chris Burnham. Interesting team. Yeah. The art suits the Doom Patrol, but whether the writing does, we will have to see. Yeah. You guys are still um, reading Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, right? I'm going to be reading... This is issue six, isn't it? Five. Five. Is this the end of the arc? Um, I think four might have been the end of the arc. Uh, there's a few months break after issue five, so I think okay. five might be the end of the arc. Okay. Something so I will catch up for that. Yeah. Um, we have... Why is this Demons. still showing Stargirl? Stargirl. Um, we have the first issue Star. of Waller vs. Wildstorm, which is a black label book written by Spencer Ackerman, who I do not know. And Evan mm-hmm. Narcisse. Um, and this is the Suicide Squad taking on the Wildstorm characters. Mm-hmm. It could be fun. The cover looks cool. The cover looks vintage. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's intriguing. This. Uh, I don't know either the writers on this. No. Um, we have It's Jeff by Kelly Thompson <laughs> and Guri Hero from Marvel. The only yeah. reason I'm interested in this is because it's Guri Hiru, who I like. Who is Jeff? Um, he is Jeff. He is a shark Jeff. that was 
he's a shark who was a character from. Do you remember when Marvel were doing those unlimited comics where yeah. it was their like web comic series where you would read it on a phone and the whole story was just like a scrolling story. Mm-hmm. He got a lot of like, yeah, people enjoyed his character, so I guess they brought him back for a main series. Who knows? Okay. Um, something Josh is very excited for. We have The Ambassadors by Mark Miller and Frank Quietly. Here's the tagline for it. Eight billion people, six can have superpowers. Like Who do you choose? Genies. Yes. Man, I'm getting a little tired of the uh, image subreddit because every other day is someone posting like, oh, I got an advanced copy of this number one and it's so good. And then it finally comes out and you're just like, meh. Yeah. Um, I think that is it for this week's stuff. Cool. I can't see it's gonna be a light week. Out a no, light week, really. but still plenty of stuff to read. I mean, there's a bunch of like other stuff coming out that I'm not. I haven't really seen any promotional stuff for. There's something coming out called Indigo Children um, from Kurt Pyers, uh, which I, I'm not really familiar with his work. But the tag is uh, selling this as Radiant Black meets the Department of Truth. What is that? So I'm out. Indigo Children. It's a new image book coming oh, out. Right. Um, I told you guys to pick that up. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to at least skim through it and see if it's something that I want to commit to as far as like an actual read. But yeah. uh, I just don't know Kurt Pyers, but they're advertising him as. Uh, oh! He's the guy who did Weird. Or Word. Is it Weird or Word? I forget. From Dark Horse. That was an okay series. Uh, he also did I'll Olympia, check it out. Lost Fools. He's done yeah. a few things that have been on my radar, but I've just never got around to reading. Yeah, I mean, it's an image number one. I might as well give it a shot. Why not? I'll pull a Josh. Perhaps. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. End it. Yeah. Cool. Say the thing. So, oh, by the way, Jeff is uh, the pet from Gwenpool, just as a, a heads up uh, so that you know for hmm. the future. He... Okay. Uh, he came over and then became the pet for Deadpool when uh, Gwenpool kept getting cancelled and uh, she actually made an appearance and was like my book keeps getting cancelled, please take Jeff and Deadpool's like, okay, thank you uh, just as a heads up, so anyways that's the show, uh, you heard about all the books we read this week, our ratings, our picks of the week, and the book coming out next week, so that means that you need to tune in, same bat time same bat place, I actually am tired of saying that that just seems silly um where can you find us? You can find us on all of the podcast platforms, thanks to Anchor.fm, which is our main distributor. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash cultcomics to make your monthly contributions onto there. Uh, we would uh, like to do this a little bit more full-time. Uh, do so. Give us a dollar. Be one of our blood boys. And in doing so, you get to be one of our call-outs, some of the people that we get uh, highlight as far as names go. Tell you what, new thing we're going to start doing uh, every uh, patron that we get, we will not only say their full name uh, and our favorite thing about you, uh, we will also do a sketch of you on the show. Don't send us a picture of what you look like. We'll just take a guess of what you look like based solely on your name and then give you a superhero identity. No, we won't do that. I'll just draw you a really mask. bad costume. This is a domino mask. That's that. 
Uh, and of course we have these uh, tier system. Uh, I'm not gonna go into it because you can just go into Patreon to uh, find that. Uh, shout out to uh, Triple to the Goats, uh, our uh, patron. Uh, for sticking around and send us an email to the cult of comics at gmail.com for your questions comments concerns recommendations and what we should be reading next uh, that's it for right now stay tuned next week have an awesome rest of your day stay safe out there later bye. Gators. bye dash 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 dot 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 the three of us are in a cult